another season of the podcast with no name we're going to start this season off with an exploration on the death of queen elizabeth ii Uh, we were all up watching the funeral um, and we we found it quite moving so tonight's just going to be uh, a bit of a discussion about what happened um our our thoughts about the royals and, and where they sit currently and uh, the loss of, of Queen Elizabeth and how much she actually meant to everybody. Um, here with us tonight, we have the captain. How are you going there, Captain? Oh, I'm all right. How are you guys? Going going well, going well. And what about you, Princess? How are you? Hello there, Eddie. Hello, Captain. Hello, dear listener. I'm fine. I'm Good stuff. Fine. And Sid, how are you going there? Oh, TGIF. Without a doubt. That sounds very just and authentic, doesn't it? The Queen died on the 8th of September. Mm. 8th of September, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I went to sleep that night and I normally have my phone on silent, Um, but that night I forgot to turn it off. And so at 3 o'clock in the morning my phone was just bing, 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 bing. And because all of my friends in the UK had heard the news that the Queen had died. And so I woke up and, it, you know, my page was just full. And and now <laughs> I woke up and then I just went straight in and watched the television, turned the television on and just had this rolling, you know, news coverage as everyone was finding out. And obviously a lot of the stuff was just live from the UK because, like, what time does the Today program start? starts at like 6 a.m.? Five or six it? in the morning or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So it was all just sort of UK stuff. And, of course, there's a protocol already in place for when the Queen actually dies. Mm. Um, what is it? Tower Bridge is down? London Bridge. They, London, yeah. Bridge. London Bridge. London Bridge is London, down. London Bridge. London Bridge is down, yeah. The question yeah. is, have they got the same protocol in place for Charles? Or has it got a different name? I mean, no doubt they'll be updating it and scaling it back a bit. But um, well, because I've seen called the London Bridge. No, because I've seen the Crown, you know, ten times. So I'm an expert. If you remember, when the King died, Winston Churchill said Hyde Park Corner, and then everyone knew what that meant. And everyone scrambled around. Right. So I'm sure so there's an, another phrase. Each monarch has their own code name. Mm, mm, I would yeah. imagine so. Mm. It was funny because the night before on the news, they had said that they reported that the doctors were supervising the Queen. Mm. And they showed the last photo of her meeting Liz Truss. Yeah. And Glenn and I both said to each other, it's not long now. She's not looking oh, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 
yeah, the next day the news came through. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, pleased. We, we saw those photos as well. Linda. We saw the news brief, just obviously the story about the new PM being sworn in. And I, I didn't even tweak. I didn't even think she looked bad at all. It was only oh. in hindsight when they showed the photos after she died that you could see, you know, a hand had gone black. And um, yeah, I really didn't notice any difference. Yeah, yeah. They said it like was a bruise, and I queen. hope that's all it was. Yeah, but it could yeah. it could have been a bruise from like IV or something. You know, yeah, well, that sort of thing because they bruise quite well, significantly. And when when you're aged like that, your skin is so thin, so thin, it's almost like yeah. tissue yeah. paper. Well, I was going to say that maybe they pumped a full of IV so she could do the meeting of the piece. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. knows? So I was laying in bed at the time and our eldest son was getting up ready to go to work. He leaves about five in the morning and he, he opened our door and he said, oh, the Queen died. And we had only just seen that uh, photo of first wearing in Liz Truss. The day before, I think it was. And we said, right, no, no. That was only yesterday she swore in the Prime Minister. Mm. And, yeah, and we were in a little bit of shock, turned on the TV immediately, and it was everywhere, absolutely everywhere, mm. channels. It was. But I, I also think there was, they've been foxing with her for a little while. Um, she's. We haven't seen her walking for a while. We haven't seen her doing too much if if we've seen the queen in public or you know on a news grab on the news she's been standing so clearly they've sort of almost trolleying her in there standing there for you grab for the news okay you can go have a good lie down or whatever now and um i also think my my personal take is she's just missed phil so much and she's just faded away Hmm. Yeah, it's very it's common it's, you know, when when one partner dies. I mean, it's it's normally within twelve months you'll you'll see the yeah. other um, the other one go. I think that the thing that's quite astounding after all the people that I've been chatting to at work, um, and just you know, people, my friends, we all seem to be in complete shock that she died. You know, yeah. how could the Queen possibly die? Yet she's was 96 years old. Yes. So if she you kind sort of just of, felt like she was always there. Yeah. yeah. And people are like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so shocked. And it's like, well, so if she was just a normal old lady, it wouldn't be a shock. But because she's just been that constant mm-hmm. around us, yeah, more than our, our lives, and, and, yeah, but people are in a genuine sh- state of shock, even after seeing those photos of yeah, her exactly. with Liz Trust. She's like, oh, doesn't she look good? Or doesn't? But I think in a way because of all of the um, things that she had to do, all the turning up at Parliament and all the other little things, they all got cancelled very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and so she hadn't had a lot of public outings in uh, the last couple of months leading up. A lot of public appearances cancelled in the last couple of months. Cancelled and yeah. cancelled and cancelled, yeah. 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 I, I was going to say, but you said it similarly, no one, would, no one is overly surprised that a 96-year-old woman passed away of old age, but people are... Not even, some are shocked, but I wouldn't even say shocked is the right word. Just cast adrift. 
because mm. she has been so stable and so solid and so stoic for the past, well, for her whole life. Yeah. That you think, or anybody who's younger than 70, or anyone younger than about 73, has no memory of George the Sixth. So mm. we don't yeah. know mm. what it's like mm. to have another monarch. Well, yeah. that's exactly and, right. And I mean, she has like- been the monarch for everybody's lifetime so far. I mean, everybody that's alive now, she's pretty much been the monarch for for all that time. Um, It's like she held out for the Jubilee as well. Yes. You know, it's like the the amount of effort that went into that and, you know, all of Mm. that. And she was like, well, I can't just, I have to be there. You know, she she couldn't sort of ruin that. And then I think probably, you know, because it takes a long time to sort of, die almost if you're an elderly person and so it can take you know six to eight weeks to just slowly shut down and so it's almost like she she just was like let's do the jubilee and then we're done and i'm done Mm. you know and then it just faded off i think you could be right on that yeah it's really it's it's yeah and when they said she was wasn't it yeah she was in service the day she died yeah when they said she was going, um, she was staying up at back Balmoral or went back to Balmoral or something, and it was later because she normally comes back for at the end of August. Glenn mm. and I went, yeah, she wants to mm. die there. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Have you been to Balmoral? No. no. I've, I've, I've walked around. I've walked through the hills of the, the town. is actually Braemar. And uh, in Scotland, sort of mm, not quite Highland Scotland, but sort of central Scotland. And it's just absolutely beautiful. And when I was there, it was autumn time. So it was, it just looked perfect. And you could see the castle. It's not a very large castle. Um, certainly, you know, it's not like Buckingham Palace or, or even Windsor Castle, but it, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. So I can see why that's where she, she obviously loved it because be. she, she spent so much time there. Um, yeah, yeah. She had a spiritual connection with the place, mm, I think. Absolutely. Did you ever see the Attenborough be- interview where, where she was strolling through the garden with her and um, I've seen Attenborough it, yeah. noticed the sundial under the tree? Oh, it's fabulous. Oh, yes. Um, perhaps we could have that moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without skipping a beat. <laughs> she was so switched well, on. See, that lady. So David Attenborough is 96 years old. Yeah. Right? Now, I, I don't I was know whether you. He was comparable age, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether you watched his most recent um, TV show, and it's all about plants. And, and I was thinking, okay, fair enough, he will, you know, narrate this. It's still his show, you know, he can narrate it. Oh, no, one of the episodes, he's standing in the middle of a, uh, a desert in Mexico talking about, um, you know, the plants there. So he could still fly to Mexico and be, you know, put out there. So that's probably pre-COVID a little bit. Mm. So still in his mid-90s, he's out doing his thing. Incredible. Even a couple of years ago they showed the Queen somewhere, you know, on the news and they showed her and she was walking down steps, I think it was, and she went one, two, three, left, right, left, right, left, right, down the steps. And it's like how many, she was in her 90s, how mm. many people in a, mm. you know, 93, 94-year-old mm. yeah. can just walk down steps? 
I mean, she yeah. went step fairly slowly, but she didn't. She didn't go, you know, left foot, right foot onto the same step, left foot, right foot, mm-hmm. step down. She was going one for one like yeah. a younger person. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty impressive for a 93-year-old or however old she mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Just by way Absolutely. of comparison, how are we with stairs? Depends on the stairs and depends mm. how many wines. Better than Donald Trump. That's <laughs> <I saw> all that. <laughs> you don't have to be very good to be better than Donald Trump. Mm. So obviously um, it, it affected everybody tremendously. Like you could see in all the interviews where they would just interview people in the street and they were physically shaken. Um, very much like you said. I mean, everybody knew it was coming, but it's still a shock when it happens. And the thing that got me was the overwhelming sense of grief during that week mm. where she was lying in state and, and during the funeral. Can you talk a little bit about sort of what you thought about how much it actually affected all of us? It, it affected me more than I thought it would. Because old people die a lot. I've mm. never met her. I don't know her. Yep. Yet it was like we had lost a relative. We had lost an aunt. Um, she wasn't my granny, but it, it was like I'd lost a relative. Yeah, yeah. And I felt what, what I found particularly upsetting was the look, the faces of her nearest and dearest, the faces of... Charles and all his family and the grandkids and the great-grandkids, they were so sad and they didn't hide it. They couldn't hide it. And that's what And nor should they. Exactly. Nor should they. You hear all the time and Charles gets a lot of flack about how cold he is and how unfeeling he is, but I was so, felt so bad for him just to watch him standing up in front of the whole world and experiencing this this loss and it has clearly affected him in a really really profound way as well, I mean, any anyone would be when couldn't. their mother dies but he couldn't grieve privately no i mean That's i know right. he had the time off a little bit later on but it was in front of everybody mm. yeah that makes it harder as well and exactly. also he's just been made the reigning monarch so Mm. I, I think it's one say. of those things that we will, we will, as a you know, a normal member of society, never understand the, the pressure, the the relationship, and all of that of what a person being born into the royal family has. You know, Charles always knew that he would be king. It's just a matter of when. But at the same time, he's dealing with the grief of his mother. And just yeah. the year before of his of his father, and and so it's this funny position. I'm, you know, you know, I've lost my father, but I didn't have to do it publicly. I didn't have to do it, you that's know, where exactly right. everyone that's, was that's talking about it, it, you know. And so we we, you know, who am I to judge Charles at that time? I'm watching him at his most, you know, solemn moment. And, you know, oh, is he going to cry? Is he going to cry? But he can cry. He can do whatever he wants. But he's been almost conditioned not to cry, mm. you know, well, not to do this. He has to be the king. He has to be this particular thing. And well, it, I will never understand that. 
you know, <coughs> Lord, but I want to really be in, in the part of the royal family. Yeah, I think it's and, such a military sort of thing. I mean, they're conditioned to, to believe that um, emotion is a weakness. Um, mm. Well, I mean, the upbringing just, Charles received was definitely that. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think the new generation has been brought up that way. Yeah. Um, because they've seen how damaged Charles and his siblings are from their upbringing. And the Queen, apparently, she was just absolutely heartbroken when she was a young mum and had to go away for six months and leave Charles and Anne with their grandparents. And, you know, it just broke her heart. She couldn't be just a mum, which is what she wanted to be. Mm. which mm. she had the privilege of when she was a little girl because her parents were the Duke and Duchess of York at that time and yeah. they could, her mum could stay home and be a mum to her. Mm. She wasn't allowed mm. to be. She had to be the monarch. I mm. think we kind of forget she was the accidental princess because she did grow up for a while thinking there's no chance that she'll be queen. Yeah, absolutely. And the abdication changed that immediately. So she could live more closer to a normal life, and I think she brought that insight into her role. However, say Edward VIII had stayed on the throne and whatever, Wallace stayed around and became Queen Wallace, or she didn't, whatever, mm -hmm. would he have had children? Because if he had not had children, the next in line was the Queen's dad and then the third in line was the Queen. So there was still a very strong chance she was going to be Queen one day. I couldn't watch the funeral. Of course um, it was too sad? No, because I felt like um, it was kind of rude and polite to be imposing on someone's grieving. I know it was a public funeral. I know it was a state funeral. I know that they would be grieving and I felt like I'm, you know, uh, watching something I shouldn't be watching. I, I put this, my personal view it was disrespectful. I very intentionally did not watch it, even though I know that doesn't fully make sense being a state funeral. But, you know, obviously Charles is going to be gutted. Some of the other the kids, the grandkids are going to be gutted. And I thought, I, I don't want to watch that on TV. Um you know, I don't want to watch people's personal private grief. Uh, it just felt wrong. That's why I couldn't do it. Mm. Out of respect, the, I didn't do it. The the state funeral was very much a state funeral and a big public thing. Um, because the funeral was televised here in Australia at night and it was work day the next day, I did not watch the car go out to Windsor nor the Windsor service, but I recorded it. And then I watched it. I actually watched it on YouTube the next morning at work while I ate breakfast. And the the ceremony at um, St George's Chapel at Windsor, I found that was the family funeral. Yeah, that was really yeah, very intimate. Much like really intimate. It was the family funeral, and that was the really moving part of the ceremony. Yeah, and totally agree. Little, that was incredible. Yeah, it was just. It was the loveliest little service. And the that's the whole thing is it was when, a very little service, wasn't it? It was a very compact mm. um, gathering of the immediate family. And it's like the world was still there, but um, they were kind of back a step. Yeah. They weren't, um, they weren't yes, as upfront. So. Yeah, the, the whole the, the and show the very was last such few, had finished. 
Yeah, the very last bit where her piper piped the last song oh. and she, that was, that, that was me. gut-wrenching, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And the song was called You Can Rest Now, Lassie or something like that. Mm. And it was like, oh, it was just lovely. And he was her piper from Balmoral who was like her Balmoral alarm clock. So that was just a really nice touch too. Um, I get what you said, Sid, about not watching it because the whole world's media, we're just watching to see if someone cracked. That's right. They were just looking at the family to see if someone was going to crack. And that almost turns it into a sport. That's just wrong. Yeah. Charles, to his credit, did crack. And I was so happy to see that, actually. I was really happy for him that he actually let the emotion take over and and not go on with the bullshit about the whole, you know, British stiff upper stiff lip upper thing. Lip. And yeah. 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 I was really, really happy for him. And, yeah, they, yeah I think he's going to be a great king. I think he is too. I th- I, I've, I've liked him a lot for a very long time. He's mm. a very, he's a nice person and I think, the system let him down in his yeah. life in that he was not allowed to marry the woman he loved when he was young. Oh, crazy I know man. Charles also loved the goons. Yeah. Mm. He's a, he was a huge fan. There's a, um, you can see this on YouTube where uh, there's an award that Charles is having presented to Spike Milligan. And Spike Milligan says the most cheekiest thing that really brings the house down. And Spike was probably, it was about three or four years before he passed away. And uh, it's worthwhile watching, but it tells you just another side of him, like, say, the human side. We love that kind of goon, absurd comedy. Made it very clear. And and he's a James Bond fan because he's Aston Martin is the 1960s Aston Martin that James Bond had. It's the one that Wills and Kate borrowed to leave the wedding. Mm. So, but his um, Duchy of Cornwall, because the Prince of Wales has the Duchy of Cornwall to finance being Prince of Wales. And so the Duchy of Cornwall has to make money. And under Charles for the last 50 odd years, it's gone gangbusters with Mm. all his green farming and his good deeds and his works and his rebuilding hedgerows and all this sort of stuff. He's managed it really, really well from all accounts. So kudos to him. I like the part of the British system where the Prime Minister needs to report into the monarch regularly. Mm. And I know that they say that they can't comment directly on things and they try to influence, which I think they do a little bit more than influence. They probably throw their two cents in and say, I don't think it's a good idea, I don't think you should try that. And I think, uh, I mean, I know we've just lost Liz Truss as Prime Minister, but I can't help thinking he would have been dropping a few hints, just saying that's not on, you know what I mean? I mean, she didn't last too long. I mean, seeing, you know, number 10 Downing Street said as like, you know, an Airbnb for temporary accommodation, I thought, wow, the jokes happened pretty quick. (laughs) Mm. I think you can get your view across without saying too much and without compromising 
your need to be impartial. And I think yeah. that's why the Queen was such a respected statesperson. Yeah, I and think it was pretty obvious when she said her, something, people listened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And she was so respected yeah. worldwide too. It was just um, mm. uh, we won't see that another was, monarch like her in our lifetime. Um, no, the only one who's going to come close is Queen Margrethe in um, Denmark because mm -hmm. she's just had her 50th anniversary. But she's 82, so it's yeah. not going to be. Know, she's gonna, she's not going to make 70. Yeah. yeah, but at um, Queen Elizabeth's funeral, the state funeral part of it, it was really interesting. I played Spot the Monarch. Yes, we, we <laughs> did notice that. It was um, yeah, for our yeah. listener at home. We we had our little WhatsApp group going while we we're all watching the funeral, and um, uh, every one of us at some stage of the the funeral. Um, quite emotional and, and quite taken over by it all. And um, it, was, it was quite funny scrolling back and looking at some of the things that we'd written on that night and, and how genuinely upset everybody was. Um, what do you guys remember from that night, um, Sid obviously excluded? Who were some of the world leaders slash monarchs who attended? Oh, Obviously well, I picked up from Denmark. I know the American um, president was there. I, I know the Canadian prime minister was there. Mm, yeah. Um, in Spain, uh, there was uh, the Spanish king and queen and the abdicated king and queen. There was King Margaret, uh, Queen Margrethe and um, Crown Prince Fred. Uh, mm -hmm. There was the Swedish king and queen, the Norwegian king and queen. And King Harold's got mobility issues, but he turned up on his crutches. Um, um, Japanese Empress and okay. Emperor, uh, um, the former Greek Queen and the Crown Prince and Princess. Um, I think it'd be King, easy to list who uh, wasn't the, there. Pretty mm -hmm. much, yeah. But I was just going to finish on the King and Queen of... Um, the Netherlands and the abdicated queen from the... No, no, she wasn't there. And um, the king and queen of Belgium and the grand duke and grand, grand duchess of Luxembourg. And they're the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I think what this illustrates is what a truly interesting no... person the princess is. Um, I don't think anybody else would know any of those people. No, well, I wouldn't know them at all i wouldn't know I've if only i learned, over them i've only learned about these people through following um uh, uh tiara blogs and who's wearing what tiaras <laughs> i see so wow that was an interesting window into uh with, with, european yeah. royalty and royal jewelry yeah i, I tell a, you what, as a very Netherlands. special part of our patreon um we should put a night out with the princesses as one of the um, levels of membership that you can join. That that sounds like one hell of a night. Well, dear listener, in, in honour of uh, the tiara wearers, the genuine tiara wearers of the world who wear the real ones, tiaras, because they transcend generations, they have names. Mm. Um, and quite often you get famous stones in the tiara as well as the tiara itself. So my tiaras 
that I have, which, dear listener, are nothing in like the tiaras of the royals around the world. Mine are from Wish and eBay and places like that. And tonight, in honour of Queen Elizabeth, I am wearing my Ryband of my Order of the Garter and the Patterson tiara, given to me by Graham and his beautiful Marianne on the occasion of her 50th birthday. How sparkly it is too, Princess. Well, not really. It's very beautiful, actually. Mm. It is. It's a lovely tiara and it sits really well. I love wearing it. Going back to the royal, the British royal family themselves, the emotions, the unhidden emotions on all their faces. It was it was lovely to see that they couldn't hold back. They couldn't hold back. I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I don't think they were physically capable it. of holding back because I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, the royals are a family, and. They do family things like we do family things. And mm. I know that's a hard concept for, for people to understand when you've seen this machine called the Royals. But underneath all that, they are actually a family. And I think a lot of people forget that. Mm. George George V called it the firm. And he <laughs> actually put in, yeah, he called it the firm. And he put in place a lot of the rules George V was the husband of Queen Mary, who was, I tell you what, that woman, she was awesome, Um, tough but awesome. And thanks to her, that's how the British royals have such a tremendous jewel hall. Um, George V put in place a lot of the um, ways they operate today, like if you're the grandchild of a monarch, you are entitled to be... um, title to princess or a prince if you are uh, how who's to get remuneration from the public purse who's who's to do this the queen altered that as people thought that there were too many freeloaders in the royal family but george v sort of created the model and modernized the monarchy after the first world war during and after the first world war Thanks for joining us for our discussion about the loss of our dear Queen Elizabeth II. Please join us next week for part two. If you'd like to drop us a line and tell us what you thought of the episode, or indeed any of our previous episodes, you can get us via email at podnoname at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podnoname or use the shortcut at podnoname. We'd like to see you next week. Please join us.